and welcome to the Real Talk Realtor podcast. I'm your host, Nekabari Tor, licensed realtor with Howard Hanna. This podcast is where I have conversations with actual buyers, sellers, and other real estate professionals. In each episode, I will talk with guests about their personal experiences in real estate and give them an opportunity to share their perspective and give advice to help listeners. Today's episode will be part one of my conversation with Emily, who is a mortgage consultant. We talk about getting a mortgage in this current market and what it's like to be working remotely from home during COVID. And she did say she will make talking mortgages exciting. I'm excited to find out more. Let's dive right in. Emily, would you like to or could you um, tell us a little bit about yourself? And I know a lot of listeners out there, um, such as I do, have a lot of questions about mortgages, whether they're first time home buyers. It's always important to you know, know what products are out there for you um, in regards to mortgages and how the market is also looking, um, especially in the atmosphere we're in. Have our listeners get to know you. Sure. Well, first, I want to say hi to everyone and thank Nakabari for this time today. <laughs> and I am going to try to make mortgages exciting. Um, so, yeah. So I here- love that. <laughs> a little bit about me. I've been doing them for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say 19 years because then I'm saying how old I am, but <laughs> it has been 19 years in the mortgage industry and I can't imagine doing anything else. Like I really truly love what I do and what a blessing it is to be able to say that. Yep. I completely agree. I mean, that's just, um, it's essentially I think how we got to know each other because um, we both have that passion for you know helping people and I know I come to you um, and try to uh, you know not only have my clients you know seek your expertise but I am consistently seeking your expertise because I'm a realtor I'm not a mortgage person so you know go to the experts tell me a little bit of what you do as a mortgage consultant. Yeah, so as a mortgage consultant, a lot of times I am getting referrals um, from agents, and I always like to look at myself as an extension of them. So they Mm -hmm. have a client that's come to them with the dream of buying a home. Mm -hmm. So it's always about trying to keep that dream alive. And so the first thing I do if we're not in COVID is I like to do (laughs) face-to-face pre-approvals. Yes. But sometimes schedules don't allow it. And right now we're practicing our social distancing. So we're kind of doing these either through a Zoom meeting or Mm -hmm. we are doing them over the phone. Mm -hmm. And I like to call those information gathering um, meetings. So I'm I'm learning about the client at that point. I'm taking the time to understand what their timeline is. Mm -hmm. And something that I think I do a little bit different than a lot of other loan officers, um, one of the things I ask my clients is what their comfort level is in a mortgage payment. Mm. Um, Of course, I'm going to qualify the client based on their income Mm -hmm. and their amount of debt that they have. And it's called a debt to income ratio. And I'll Mm -hmm. make sure that they stay within the uh, banking guidelines for that program. But most important, it's about my client's comfort level. So I learn mm-hmm. about if they're renting right now and they're spending nine fifty a month in rent and they really don't want to be above 1500 in a mortgage payment, mm-hmm. then I'm making that mental note as we are 
um, talking about them. And especially if it's a first time home buyer, I'm very respectful of that budget and that mm -hmm. comfort level. Mm -hmm. So once we've scheduled that time to um, talk, I'm gathering, I'm taking all kinds of notes and it's all about learning about their timeline, their budget. And then we start talking about um, their income and I gather all that information and as I'm gathering it, it helps me learn about them and it learn, helps me determine what loan program is going to best suit their needs. Right. Because many loan programs, Nakabari, have income limits. So mm -hmm. if you find out that your client is below a certain income limit, I may present to them the Sunny May loan program. Mm -hmm. um, Sunny May is one of my favorite conventional loan programs. Um, it has a forgivable, I like to call it a grant, but it's called a DPAIL. And what it is, is it's a 3% of the purchase price. It's free money coming your way. Mm -hmm. It's money that will go towards the total funds to close. Mm -hmm. And it's a 3% down. So essentially the down payment is being covered by this grant. There's no repayment on it. It is a lien on the home for a period of time, but it is taken off after that period of time. And it essentially, again, it's free money to help them get into a house. So it's one of my favorite loan programs. Um, it is, uh, like I said, have an income limit. So as I'm learning about the client, I, you know, one of the things we talk about is their income. Mm -hmm. And if they are a fit for that, I get really excited about the Sunny May program, mm -hmm. you know, and then as I'm learning um, whether or not they're a first time home buyer, whether or not they're a veteran, like the VA mortgage, I did a pre-approval this morning for a, a veteran um, that was looking to buy a loan, uh, buy a home rather. And Nakabari, I don't know if you know, but the VA program is 100% financing. Mm. And what makes that loan program so special is that not only is there no down payment requirement, but there's no monthly PMI insurance. And mm. for anybody who doesn't know what PMI insurance is, it's called PMI insurance is otherwise known as private mortgage insurance, okay. and it's on all loans, whether you take out a conventional or a government loan, mm -hmm. on all loans that are above an 80% loan to value. So that means if you're not putting 20% down, you're paying this PMI. Mm -hmm. And on Nakabari, it can get pretty expensive for the borrowers because <laughs> the higher the loan to value, the more risk to the bank, right? So mm -hmm. somebody putting 3% down. Yeah. is a little more risk to the bank than somebody putting 10% down, right? right? So that means the PMI insurance at 100% would be the biggest risk, right? Yeah. And so not to have any PMI insurance on the loan, it really allows the veteran to have more buying power, right? Because yeah. now they're not spending, you know, possibly $100 a month on PMI insurance. They can put that towards... Um, their actual mortgage payments. So um, we just kind of talked about VA and we talked about Sunny May and I went down that road because those are two of my favorite programs, but Nakavari, there's many programs. And yep. I guess what I'm saying is during that time that I get the opportunity to talk to your clients, mm -hmm. I'm learning about them. And then I'm, as I'm gathering all of the information about them, I'm putting them in the loan program and then I'm sending them a scenario so that they can actually review the numbers mm -hmm. and get a chance to see what that mortgage payment would look like and yeah. their total funds to close. 
We're going to touch upon that more because, um, you know, get into, you know, what loan programs are out there or what products um, are out there that would be best fit for um, perhaps a first time homeowner. But, you know, you mentioned in this COVID environment, you know, personally, how has that been for you to be able to conduct business in, you know, this atmosphere? Well, I would like to say the first thing to that is I miss people. Yeah. So this atmosphere means more Zoom meetings Mm -hmm. and less face-to-face contact. And I feel like um, buying a house is one of the biggest things you're going to do in your life, right? Mm -hmm. And sitting across the desk from somebody, whether it be for the pre-approval part or the actual mortgage application, I feel like that has value. And Mm -hmm. being able to tell the client what the steps are, Um, in the mortgage process and explain Mm -hmm. to them face-to-face what's happening. I feel a lot more information is retained Mm -hmm. and the client, the process is a little easier. So I miss people. I miss that piece of it. (laughs) Right now we're doing a lot of that business through Zoom meetings and DocuSign. If you don't know what DocuSign, it means that the documents come through the computer and the client hits a button and their signature populates. <laughs> I'd like to think all my clients read everything Nakabari, but I don't know <laughs> that they do. And so I, I say it's changed because we're using automation more, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like the mortgage process could possibly be a little less um, unknown for a client mm-hmm. when they actually meet me and we build a rapport and we're able to talk face to face. I mean, I completely agree. It's um, it's certainly been, you know, something to, a you know, that we've had to all in, you know, all capacities of real estate had to adapt to. And but, you know, you mentioned about buying process that you take your buyers through. Um, can you talk about what the buying process is like? from a mortgage standpoint. Absolutely. So once the client's been pre-approved, so we've had that initial meeting and we've gathered the information, I've shared with them some scenarios Mm -hmm. and I have prepared the pre-approval letter. Um, A lot of times as clients are looking at homes, I encourage them to keep me in the loop. Mm -hmm. Let me run the numbers for you. Um, I always feel like putting a visual to uh, the offer is so helpful for a client understanding that every thousand is about $5 a month. So you don't ever really want to lose a house by a thousand or two. I'm not suggesting overpaying, but Mm -hmm. you know, the difference between 150,000 and 152,000 is going to be less than $10 a month, which is lunch. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) So I think, Definitely seeing the numbers um, and keeping me in the loop is is extremely helpful for the client. Mm -hmm. Um, Once the offer is accepted um, and the attorneys have uh, approved it and we're past the engineer inspection, after that, we'll schedule um, time, whether it be over the phone or face-to-face, depending if COVID, what's going on there. And we'll schedule some time um, about the next step. And that is the mortgage application. And we (laughs) take the mortgage application and you would come to the meeting um, with your documentation that I would have requested prior to the appointment. Mm -hmm. And we would take mortgage application um, and sign all of the the mortgage application and all of the disclosures. And we talk about the rest of the process at that point. Mm -hmm. And essentially right after you sign the documents, the first thing a buyer is gonna do is pay for the appraisal. Mm -hmm. Um, So the appraisal is 
application is a milestone. The next milestone would be the uh, paying for the appraisal. So depending on the loan program, Nakavari, the appraisal will vary in cost. It's safe to say the appraisal will be right around four to $500. Mm-hmm. Um, that is part of the closing cost, but it's paid up front. Right. So the client will pay for the appraisal. Um, and then we will order the uh, appraisal to be uh, performed. And while we're waiting for the appraisal, the file will be going to underwriting. Mm-hmm. And if the appraisal comes back in time, I like to have the file underwritten with the appraisal. So that means the mortgage application that was signed by the client, all of their documentation, such as tax returns and pay stubs and bank statements, mm-hmm. um, will be sent to underwriting with the appraisal. And it's called a full underwrite. So the underwriting part of the process is a is a, another big milestone. Mm-hmm. And with first priority mortgage, underwriting is local. And I really feel that's an important part of the process to keep local. I feel yeah. like we, we understand the local markets right. and our underwriters being here adds value. So we'll get the file underwritten. And the next thing, um, once the file is underwritten, we will get a mortgage commitment. And that is a really great milestone because now you're approved for your mortgage. Um, I tell people, this is the time to sit back and say, we did it. We got we got our mortgage <laughs> approved. Um, and it's a date that's we on the contract, on the purchase contract that Nakabari will um, fill out is the date of mortgage commitment. So that's how mm-hmm. important it is. It's part of the actual purchase contract. So we will get the commitment letter. We'll circulate that to the client and to uh, their attorney and, um, and to the agent. Um, and we will talk the client through the commitment letter because commitment letters always have conditions. Yep. And usually the conditions are get your homeowner's insurance mm-hmm. and potentially another bank statement. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the file will go back to underwriting a second time, Nakabari. And from there, the underwriter will review the last minute conditions and issue a clear to close. Everybody wants to hear that they're clear to close mm-hmm. because now um, they're past the commitment. Now they fulfilled all of the conditions and now it's really up to the attorneys, Nakabari, to get the loan to the closing table. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course, you know, the closing date is the the signature and, and that's the day they get the keys. Amen, right? Amen. You said it. <laughs> I mean, that clear to close. A lot of listeners, you know, they don't know or may not know. Um, but, you know, during this whole process, you just mentioned, um, you know, mortgage lenders and attorneys and realtors and, um, you know, everyone essentially that's part of the team, as I like to call it, has a different part to play. So while that mortgage commitment is happening, you know, mortgage consultants are, you know, doing their job. And as a realtor, I just get to take a back seat. I know that, you know, someone someone else on the team is now playing their role. And once we get that clear to close. Yeah, thank you for walking us through that. Um, when you meet with a buyer. And you you answered this a little bit. How do you get them ready to buy a home? So sometimes when um, I schedule that first meeting to talk about them, 
we come up with obstacles, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and there is um, things that they need to do to be ready, right? Maybe they're not quite there. Maybe there's um, something, um, maybe we need to save a little more money. Mm -hmm. Um, And, or, you know, maybe there's some credit that we need to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe we've got a, we're waiting on a a job offer, right? Right. Sometimes there's things that are going on behind the scene Mm -hmm. and it's never too early to call the loan officer and put, your best foot forward at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And I am all about giving clients um, a roadmap to success. So Mm -hmm. if, if we just need to work on our credit a little bit, then, then that's what I'll do with you. I will do what we call a a credit expert, which means take the credit report that we have currently. Yeah. And if that means we need to improve the credit score a little bit, I can ask the computer to run a a scenario for me to give me an additional 20 points on the credit report or additional Mm -hmm. 40 points, whatever, whatever we need. And then I will explain to the client what needs to be done and the timeframe that it will take to get us there. So sometimes Mm -hmm. when someone comes to you, um, it's about not just getting them pre-approved, but giving them a roadmap to that pre-approval if they're not just quite ready now, right? We want to make sure that they came to you with a dream and that was to buy a house. And, you know, I, I like to practice if it's not now, it's just, when is it going to be and how can I help you make that happen? Right. So I think after, you know, 19 years, I can definitely <laughs> give clients a good idea of what needs to be done um, to be successful. And, and I consider us a team and it's one team, one dream, right? You, the client has a Listen dream. Listen to that, one Nak- team, one dream. <laughs> yep, Nakabari sends them my way. And, you know, it's all about keeping that dream alive and making sure that we can get them qualified to buy a home. That is great. Um, I don't know if you just like just thought of that one team, <laughs> one dream. Um, but that was awesome. Um, I had some coffee this morning. So <laughs> <helping>. <laughs> um, you know, I think that I, I really like that that team mentality, because it really is a team um, that you're building when you're looking to buy or sell a house, you know, and all parts of that team has to be to be moving along for, you know, for us to get to that closing. And when you sit down and you just, you know, sign your life away, (laughs) I'm just kidding. But you know, when you when you when you sign those documents, and you get those keys, and is at that moment that you're home dreams, you know, are realized and it's, it's come true. And um, it's a real powerful thing, you know, being in, in those situations where I get to see where we, I should say, get to see, you know, all the work we've put forward and, and with our buyers and sellers have gotten, um, getting to that point. Um, I, I think that's just the goal. And that's the dream. That's, how did you say? <laughs> one team, one dream. That's the one team, one, <laughs> one dream goal. Um, that's right. So, you know, I want to know um, and, you know, have our listeners also know um, what what are you seeing in the current market from a mortgage standpoint? I have seen a little more conservativeness. Um, So Mm -hmm. 
I think that self-employed borrowers have been hit the hardest um, with the changes. And what I mean by that is self-employed borrowers that have been affected um, by COVID and mm-hmm. had to shut their doors down yeah. for a period of time, that's affecting their year-to-date income, right? That's mm. project- that's affecting yep. their, pro- their, their projected income. Mm-hmm. And it's also requiring me to ask for some additional information. Right. Um, prior to COVID, yeah. I would ask for two years tax returns mm-hmm. and an up-to-date profit and loss. So what a profit and loss is, Nakabari, is it just shows the client, the client has to write down what their gross profits are, what their mm-hmm. expenses are, yeah. and then the difference is their net, right? right. So that's kind of like a pay stub, right? Because if mm-hmm. you were working for an employer, it would have the year to date on it, right? Yep. And it would say how much you've made at you know, 40 hours a week, $20 an hour, where, where we are in the year, it'll have your year to date, right? Mm-hmm. But for a self-employed borrower, we can't ask for a pay stub, yeah. right? So the profit and loss is our pay stub. Mm-hmm. Now, and now that we're in COVID, now we're asking for business bank statements. So mm. that's like the first that I've had to ask for that. And the reason for that is they want to see that the business is open again and operating, right? Because right. not all self-employed people are able to open their doors again, right? We don't mm-hmm. we don't know. And we can only hope that the that the strength of the business and uh, the environment that we are in locally will allow them to reopen their doors and they'll be able to pick up right prior to them shutting down. But yeah. the bank statements is something new. And I, I say this all with a little bit of a heavy heart because I don't like clients to have to produce anything more than than I'm used to collecting from clients. So mm-hmm. I would say the self-employed borrower, um, Nakabari, has had some additional things to produce. Yeah. And I would also say that credit scores um, have become a little more stringent overall. Right. So prior to COVID, I was going down to a 580 credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now I'm really not doing anything below a 640. Wow, so, that's quite um, a jump. Yeah, so it, it's it's... It's again, it's about um, if my client has a 580 or a 600, you know what? It's about doing that credit expert, right, Nakabari, and getting them up to the 640, right? Yep. And making mm-hmm. making that happen so that we can still proceed. Because very often it's paying a credit card down or, mm-hmm. or paying a credit card off, or yeah. um, maybe they had a little collection we didn't know about, you know, right. it, it's, about positioning the client. So whatever obstacles I'm coming that are coming my way that I have to um, pass on to the client, yeah. I don't like to look at it as an obstacle, but rather how we're gonna how we're gonna conquer it. That was part one of talking mortgages with Emily. Join us next week for part two. I want to thank you for listening. Also, please subscribe to hear more and don't forget to rate this podcast. If you would like to feature in an episode of the Real Talk Realtor podcast, please send me an email at tornikabari at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I'm Nikabari Tor, the Realtor, and I'll see you in the next one.